Hey guys, welcome to the Swerve Church Podcast. My name is Danny, the lead pastor. I pray that the message that you're about to hear is encouraging, uplifting, and honestly challenging as well. I want to invite you to join us in person Sundays at 11 a.m. at the Swerve Hub at 239 Stanhope Street, or catch church online at 11 a.m. on our YouTube or Facebook page. Thanks so much for tuning in, and I pray that you're blessed by today's message and that it helps draw you closer to Jesus. One of the biggest questions that we all face in life is what is the purpose of your life? At one point or another, we all tend to come to the crossroad and try to find an answer to this question. Have you ever had this question asked of you? Mark Twain is famously known for saying this. He writes, the two most important days in your life are the day you are born and the day you find out why. Now, depending on who you ask, you might receive different responses as to what the purpose of life is. For example, if you ask a capitalist, they might tell you that the purpose of life is to make as much money as you possibly can, that there is no such thing as too much money or too much wealth. They would advise you to have multiple streams of revenue. Don't put all your eggs in one basket. Work really hard, rest little, and maybe one day you'll be able to be retire and be rich enough to own your own private island and sail into the open sea on a yacht. If you ask a spiritualist, they might tell you that the purpose of life is to search deep within oneself, to look introspectively. They might say you must become one with nature. They would advise you to pursue Zen, to try and find uh, peace and tranquility. They might say that you must pursue oneness with the earth's energy or to connect with the universe in order to experience nirvana. If you ask a materialist, they might tell you that the purpose of life is all about stuff. It's all about how much you can accumulate. Do you have the latest technology? Have you purchased the newest phone the second it releases? They might advise you to wait in long lines and get into fights over sneakers, to invest and drive the newest, shiniest car, the ones that self-drive and have the seat warmers to keep your tushy warm in the winter. Also that you need to look good, be up to date with fashion, and with the trends, and for goodness sake, make sure that you're IG ready at all times. If you ask an environmentalist, they might tell you that the purpose of life is all about conservation and the preservation of the earth. They might advise you to plant more trees and plants, to drink from paper straws and ban plastic bags so that the turtles can swim freely. They would implore you to ride bikes and invite you to protest over vehicles in order to prevent the wasting away of the ozone layer. If you were to ask a kid, They might tell you that the purpose of life is to play games and have fun, to be entertained, and to see how many YouTube videos can be crammed into a single day. They might advise you to go ahead and break the record of how many straws you can stuff into your nose or challenge you to see who can drink a carton of milk the fastest because that's the purpose of life. But what about for a Christian? What would a Christian say the purpose of their life is? What is the purpose of our lives? Where should we invest our time? Or who should we live our lives for? Where do we focus our energies? And what should bring us the greatest joy? Because the answer to these questions will absolutely change how we live our lives, what we do with our lives, and how we invest our time and what we do with our money and resources because there's huge ramifications. Well, in today's passage, Paul paints a predicament that he finds himself in. He's going to be quite vulnerable and honest with us because according to Paul, the author of Philippians, he finds himself between a rock and a hard place. And as a response to his predicament, 
He's going to help us discover the purpose we should aim to live for. So obviously, this isn't an important message here. We're only talking about the purpose of life. It's not that important. Now, I want you guys to remember the context. Paul is in prison for sharing the gospel. He's awaiting word from Rome to find out what will happen next. Will he be transferred to a Roman prison? Will he face execution? Or is there another shot at freedom? Death is a very real reality for Paul. But Paul isn't afraid. Remember last week, we read this in verse 20. He said, My eager expectation and hope is that I will not be ashamed about anything, but that now as always, with all courage, Christ will be highly honored in my body, whether by life or by death. Paul isn't afraid of death because he's living with and for a greater purpose. He realizes that his life isn't ultimately in the hands of the authority of the Roman government or in the hands of his haters. His life is in the hands of God and God alone. And this gave him purpose. You know, Rick Warren, he's a pastor in Cali. He says this about purpose. He says, the greatest tragedy in life is not death, but life without purpose. And Paul is not scared of death because he's found purpose. So where do we find this confidence like Paul? is found in living for a greater purpose. So for today, I have three questions I want to ask ourselves based on Paul's predicament. And here's question number one. Is the purpose of your life the glory of Christ? And Paul says it this way in verse 21 and 22, for me to live is Christ and to die is gain. Now, if I live on in the flesh, that means fruitful work for me. And I don't know which one I should choose. So Paul says to live is Christ, to die is gain. And I want to emphasize this here, that Paul's not having suicidal thoughts. Remember, death is a real reality for him. There is a real possible chance that what can be awaiting him on the other side of word from Rome is his death. But what he's stating here is a dilemma between a desire to live and continue his mission for the sake of the gospel or to die and be present with the Lord of the gospel that he's been preaching. And this has been the dilemma for many devoted followers of Christ for centuries. Because if what we believe is true, and what is awaiting us is the God of the universe after this life, then we have a hope beyond the pain and the suffering of this life. All the death, the murder, pain, cancer, sickness, none of it matters in the grand scheme of things. Because in the presence of God, none of it exists. Only bliss and perfection and beauty and holiness. And Paul says, to live is Christ. The meaning and purpose of our lives is connected directly to Jesus. For Paul, that means that he wants to continue to live and desires to have this freedom. Why? Not so that he could pursue his next business endeavor, not so that he could invest his money in bitcoins or NFTs, but so that he could live for Christ, so that he can accomplish Christ's purposes, as he said it, to do fruitful work. You know, some of you have been placing all your energies and focus and attention and you're attempting to find purpose in things that in the grand scheme of things simply do not matter. They may be important things. They may be meaningful things, amazing and great things, but they're not things to draw purpose from. Have you felt aimless or purposeless, confused or empty? It's because you were created, designed and handcrafted by God for a greater purpose than your own. And when you live for a greater purpose, it realigns your thinking. It changes your actions. It transforms your speech. Because you're not and weren't designed to be another cog in the corporate wheel. 
You weren't created to be stuck attempting to reach a new level of Zen. You weren't purpose to live overwhelmed by your inability to create drastic changes in society and bring about justice. If your purpose is found in Christ, then your meaning supersedes all those things. You know, many things that we set out to accomplish and do in life may be meaningful, important, and maybe even necessary. However, none of those things are capable of giving us purpose. Our purpose is in Christ and to bring Christ glory. And for Paul, he realized or he viewed his purpose in life to live for the glory of Christ. The second question to ask ourselves from Paul's dilemma is this. Number two, is the investment of your life for the sake of others? And Paul says it this way. He says, I'm torn between the two. I long to depart and be with Christ, which is far better. But to remain in the flesh is more necessary, not for my sake, but for your sake. Paul realizes should death knock on his door, he'd be away from pain and suffering. He'd be gone from this season of imprisonment and experience the truest form of liberty and freedom, which is found to be present with Christ. But here's the thing. His heart is bent towards the needs of others. He's considering his friends in Philippi. They still need him. They need his encouraging words. They need his friendship. They need his mentoring and discipleship. Paul realizes that being away from pain and suffering of the world is great, and he longs for it even. But it's also selfish because there's still work that needs to be done, and his friends need him. What a selfless way to think. I won't harp on this too long because we did mention this some last week, but how often do we consider the needs of others before our own? I mention this often, but most of the time, the greatest person that we serve is self. We don't think twice to make a significant amount of investment in time, money, or resources in oneself. But when it comes to someone else, we certainly count the cost. We think twice. We break into sweats. But Paul says to remain in the flesh is more necessary for your sake. Paul's bend was towards the sake of others over his own. He viewed this as part of his purpose being for the glory of God. That purpose bled over into his investment into the lives of others. What about you? Do you invest in others? Do you view part of your purpose of living for Christ as investing in others? If you notice, when we live for all these other purposes we mentioned early, they all wind up being self-satisfying and self-gratifying. But when we discover that our purpose is connected to Christ, we develop an outward focus and we invest in others. This is why your church family is so important. Remember, in this context, Paul is talking about his fellow brothers and sisters in Christ at the church in Philippi. Not that we don't invest in others or share the gospel with others. Of course we do, but... If we can't get this right within us, the church family, how can we ever expect to make meaningful investments in others, in those who don't know Jesus yet? Paul viewed this as a natural overflow of his purpose in life being fulfilled in Christ, an investment of his life for the sake of others. Lastly, the third question that we want to ask ourselves, number three, is how are you contributing to the spiritual growth and joy of others? This is how Paul worded it. He goes on to say, Since I am persuaded of this, I know that I will remain and continue with all of you for your progress and joy in the faith, so that because of my coming to you again, your boasting in Christ Jesus may abound. This point is closely connected to the second question. However, it's more specific. 
The investment of your time can be relational, recreational, inspirational, but the challenge here connects with how do we partner in the spiritual growth and joy of others. The idea that Paul paints here uh, by using the word progress or growth shows us that we're all on a journey together. This means that if there's growth, no one starts at the top. Everyone's faith journey has a beginning. And since there's progression, no one's made it. We continue to all be on a journey. We all continue to grow and help each other to do so. And in order for us to be able to help others grow, we need to be postured as a grower ourselves. We should desire and position ourselves to be a, a place in a place of, of perpetual growing and learning and seeking joy, not in circumstances, but in Christ. How can we possibly provide this for one another if we're not plugged into the source and growing ourselves? What are you doing to help yourself and position yourself to a place of growth and joy in Christ? Now, I don't think you need a list from me of ways to do this, but I'm going to give it to you anyway. Are you spending time in God's Word daily? Are you spending time in prayer? Are you making the gathering and fellowship with other believers of Christ a priority in your life? Or is it whenever you get a chance? Or whenever you feel up for it? What books are you reading? What podcasts are you listening to that are helping you grow in your walk with Christ? It's only from that place that we can now contribute to the spiritual growth and joy of others. I need you guys to know this. You play a pivotal role in my spiritual growth and walk of faith. And I hope that I can play a small role in your life as well. So how can we do so? It's through the conversations that we have, the time that we spend with each other, the words of encouragement that we share, the loving words of correction when needed, the humility of serving one another, the gentle restoration and lifting one up when we've fallen down, sharing that scripture that we read during the week to empower us to live for someone greater, the laughter and joy of a spirited conversation, the link to a worship song that is helping you keep focused, the camaraderie and the partnership of serving alongside one another, and everything else in between. The long and short of it is, how are you contributing to the spiritual growth and joy of others? Because if the purpose of your life is for the glory of Christ, then you're going to live for Him. And if your purpose is connected to Christ and not to self, then you're going to invest time in others. Because this short amount of borrowed time on earth is so much more significant when we live for the sake of others. If our purpose stems from Christ, then as we journey closer to Him, we'll help others journey closer to Him as well. Now, some of you came here today and you have this question on your heart. What is the purpose of life? You've attempted to pursue purpose in other things and you've always come up short and you know it. That's because our purpose is tied to something greater than anything the world can give. Who would know the purpose of life greater than the author of life? And this is the reason why you're here today. Because God wanted to demonstrate to you His love. And He did so by sending Christ to live the life we could not live and die the death that we deserve. And on the third day, He rose so that we can have forgiveness of sin and new life. And that new life includes not only an eternity with the Father, but a renewed sense of purpose. And if you want to experience this new life and walk out with a renewed purpose, all you have to do is put your faith, your trust, in the provision that God made for you through Jesus. It is the gift of God's grace through faith in Jesus, not by works. It is a gift you cannot earn, only receive. And this gift is made available to all who would call on the name of the Lord. 
So I encourage you to call on him today because he's mighty to save. And so God, we pray today that you would help us to discover the purpose of our lives. Help us to see how it is to be rooted in the glory of Christ over the glory of self. God, would you help us to invest ourselves into others for the sake of others, to care for and pray for and serve alongside of and encourage others. And Lord, we want to make significant contributions to the spiritual growth and joy of others. So God, would you help us to step out in faith uh, from an overflow of the purpose that we've discovered in you to be able to grow and uh, grow the faith of others. God, some of us have come here today and we have this question on our hearts, trying to discover the purpose of life. God, would you help us to see how it is ultimately to bring glory to Christ, to live for you, to live in you, to live through you for the good of others. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Guys, I truly pray and hope that you were challenged and encouraged by today's message. I want to take a second to invite you to join us in person. We're gathering this Sunday at 11 a.m. at the Swerve Hub, 239 Stanhope Street, right here in Bushwick, Brooklyn. And come on over, join us, come to the Swerve Hub. Let's worship together. Let's get together. Let's worship God together. Let's learn and grow together. Let's fellowship together. Why don't you come on out and join us in person this Sunday?